And, you know, I've had a lot of health issues this year. There's been a lot of stuff that has happened. But every time something like that happens, to me, the way that I look at it is like, it's a challenge of how can I still find my joy in this moment? How can I still roll with this, like ride this wave, like literally just surf this wave and have joy? Because external circumstances do not need to rob me of my joy. That is a lie. Welcome to the Magic of Transformation podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zeller. Today on the show, I have a little bit of a treat for you. I am back with another snippet of a group coaching call for my live group workshop called Your Life's Work. Your Life's Work is a nine and a half month program to help you find deep joy with your work in the world again, and not just joy, but also success, abundance, and inspiration and excitement. How many hours a week are you working? Don't you think that it's worth it to really invest in making sure that your experience is super enriching and life-giving? That is what your life's work will do for you. So right now I am enrolling for the next cohort of your life's work. And what you're going to hear today is a snippet from a recent group coaching call from a group that I am taking through the Your Life's Work program right now. They are about four and a half to five months in. In this call, you're going to hear a little bit about relationships, trauma bonding, the nuances of trauma bonding that you have not heard before, as well as how to find joy amidst chaos. A lot of times we have trouble thinking that we can even feel joy when shit is hitting the fan, but I am a big believer that you can maintain your joy no matter what is happening. So you're going to hear me talk about that in this group coaching call as well. Now, a quick background before we dive in, you will hear a student ask a question at the beginning of this call. However, just before this call, the student and I were texting back and forth, and she told me that a friend of hers that she hadn't heard from in a long time made contact again, and she was feeling really emotional about seeing this friend again, and she just didn't know why. And I think that that is a very relatable situation. We all have relationships with people where there's something about them that can trigger an emotional response within us. She also mentioned to me before the call that she's been told by someone else that this friend didn't always bring out the best in her. However, she did feel that this person would sometimes bring out the best in her. So kind of an interesting dichotomy. Again, I'm sure we've all had relationships where other people may reflect and say like, you're not yourself when you're with that person, or you kind of change when you're with that person. And we may have a different experience of what our relationship is like with that person. So I just wanted to include a little bit of that information before you listen in on this call. Your Life's Work is a extremely holistic program in order to really feel a deep sense of joy and peace, excitement and inspiration about your job every single day. We also look at other aspects of your life and you get a little glimpse into that as you listen to this group coaching call. If you are interested in my program, Your Life's Work, you can see how to connect with me in the show notes. You can go to thetransformationschool.com and fill out my contact form, or you can direct message me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks. Be sure to check out the show notes. There are additional episodes that are similar to this one if you enjoy this one. And as usual, I super appreciate you taking a minute to give me a five-star review. Without further ado, 
Enjoy the episode. Things are finally clicking. All of the work and the pieces are like coming together in the puzzle. And I'm like, oh, it's starting to make sense. I feel like I just had a lot of breakthrough after our last one-on-one. And you told me what to do and I did it. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) And yeah, like I've had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with the last module. Yeah. And my question, (laughs) so I text, well, Stephanie texted me today and I was like, yeah, I've just been crying for the last two hours. But I feel like, I feel like a lot of things are kind of coming at me from like weird places after you text me then like somebody else texted me and I was just like there's a lot going on what does all this extra noise and confusion coming in yeah I guess I just what does what does all of that mean um okay (laughs) um so a lot of things are coming at you from different directions well just like that friend who okay like I haven't seen for five months and then I saw her and then like she dropped something off on my door today and I'm like am I supposed to be her friend or am I supposed to like am I crying because I'm like relieved or am I like grieving or is it like actual grief because it's the holidays or am I like I just Okay. I feel like I had been so grounded and like so like able to like yeah. check in with my intuition and my intuition is just like what the fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, so she and I were texting a little bit before the call and she was close to a friend and then they kind of grew apart a little bit and then the friend just in the last week kind of circled back and it triggered her to feel emotional and and start crying but she had no idea why she was crying. And so, what I wanted to touch on and I wasn't sure if I was going to do this at the end or potentially with your question. But I wanted to just touch on trauma bonding. So who here has heard of trauma bonding? Okay. So our framework for relationships in the world comes from our childhood and our relationships with our caretakers predominantly. It can also come from other people that maybe had a profound impact on us when we were children. But it comes in childhood because that's where we're being programmed, right? Like that's when our brains are like sponges. And so of course, when we're children, we don't know what is like healthy, like quote, a healthy experience. We just know we need love and safety to survive. And this is what love is based on what our caretakers and the people that are very close to us in our lives are showing us. And of course, again, like we don't realize we're building a framework and that maybe other people's frameworks are different. We think that everyone has the same framework. We think everyone loves the same way. And this is just how you do it. This is what love is. Then we become adults. And what we do is we go out and we try to replicate that framework. We try to find people that fit similar archetypes as our caregivers because that's what we've learned that love is. And so for instance, like, let me give you an example. Let's say that a child, they only get love in conditional experiences. So they only receive love and praise from their parents if they like get an A on a test or do really well or win the baseball game or something like that. Otherwise, like their parent is kind of cold. So then getting, okay, some of you guys resonate with that. So then 
when you go out into the world, you think that that's what you have to do to get love is you have to achieve. You have to have success. You have to prove your worth. You have to be super valuable to people. You have to do really good things. Otherwise they won't love you. And it's like, it's almost like you don't know that that's your framework and you can't even conceive of another way of being. So I just started recording a podcast series called Sex, Power, Love, and Money. And I talk a little bit about attachment style in those. And that would be really helpful to go into that because it's like a lot of us didn't grow up with a secure attachment, secure meaning like we always felt safe and we knew that we had love no matter what. A lot of times just because of the way we were reprimanded or disciplined or things like that. Or if we had a parent that was really emotional or really clingy or really cold, all of those things can cause a non-secure attachment. So there's different attachment styles, but let's just make it simple and say like you have secure and you have non-secure in this conversation. So then when you go out into the world as an adult, you, you find a lot of different relationships. This definitely shows up the most in your most intimate partnership. So for instance, like if your role growing up was to be a caretaker, then you may find someone that wants to be taken care of. And then you kind of like just repeat that that cycle. A lot of us grow up with codependent relationships with our parents as well. So we're not shown how to be independent. Our parents look at us almost as like a narcissistic extension of them. And so we're not allowed like a lot of independent space and boundaries to be who we want to be and to develop and have our own likes and dislikes. Like we're, we're more so groomed into who our parents think we should be. This is definitely changing now because parents are becoming more conscious, but I'm talking about us when we were all young, when we were all children, right? So parents are like, their concept was like discipline them and mold them into who they need to become. We know better. They don't know. And there, there wasn't a lot of boundaries with that. Like that's a very kind of boundaryless existence especially if you had one of your parents who was like kind of a clingy energy, like they wanted you to tell them everything and you shared everything with this parent and like that kind of thing that can be kind of like an enmeshed relationship. And there's a certain energy to enmeshment and codependency. It's like a suction. It's like, just like a suction. Like you get around that person, you feel sucked in, right? So you go out to the world and sometimes we meet people and we're like, whoa, like it's like you meet them and there's like this suction to them. And more often than not, that is a trauma bond because what you're feeling is this person has the same frequency, the same vibe, the same energy as the way that I felt when I was growing up. And there's a familiarity there that is really attractive and magnetic. But if we're being honest with ourselves, a lot of times those people don't draw out the best in us. Like we can lose ourselves with them. It doesn't feel great. Maybe like they trigger us all the time, that kind of thing. So when you start to feel into like what kind of trauma you had in childhood and what that fe actually like feels like somatically in your body, then you can start to feel into what it feels like when you feel that with other people. And 
Like, for instance, I met someone, this is somebody that did like a service for me that I paid for, but I could feel that we had like a really quick connection. And I knew right away, like it actually felt more like a trauma bond because there was like a, there's like an energy to it of like a, it's like a grabby energy. And so I was like really cognizant of that, like, whoa, I feel this, like a lot of grabby energy with this person. And it's not like, it's not like they were grabbing at me. It was just like, we were really vibing. We had a ton of stuff in common. Like it was crazy how much we had in common. Our childhoods were like exactly the same, but it also didn't feel super like, I didn't feel elevated by that person. Like I didn't feel really high vibe, if that makes sense. It's like it was drawing me back into something. Does that make sense? Yes. And then also, here's the most insane part of it. If you get into a relationship with someone that you're sort of trauma bonding with, then when you try to disconnect from that person or that relationship is severed, what it actually is triggering is you're severing with your caretaker. It feels so much more emotional because what it's triggering is all your childhood parts that don't want to be left behind. It's like, you have to take care of me. Oh my God, I can't be without you. Like, so it's triggering so much more than it's not the actual person. The person is the archetype that's standing in, that's reminding you of someone from childhood, right? And so, and this is also why, like, if you're in, for people that get into relationships where they're trauma bonding, and then like, if one person wants to leave or whatever, it's not working out, like both people can be so tremendously triggered, like just feel like their world is going to end because it's not just the person. It's triggering so much from childhood because they're mirroring exactly back to you what it was in childhood. Now, there's some relationships, especially intimate partnerships, that if both people are doing the work, it can actually be like a really powerful thing. Like Tilo and I definitely trauma bonded when we first met. We were like, whoa, like magnetized to each other. And it was a real shit show from the start. Like, <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to do some podcast episodes on this eventually. But like, it was crazy because we triggered each other all the time. I mean, it was like he was triggering all of my trauma and I was triggering his trauma. And because I first started doing the work and I started working out my triggers and then I was less triggerable and then he ended up starting his work and and working it out, it ends up like we've actually catalyzed each other's path. Like we, we've we grown so much faster because of that bond, but we're not, like I, I don't consider myself trauma bonded to him anymore because I've worked out my trauma. So like there's not a codependent attachment to him anymore. We've had to heal that codependency, but that's very, I, I would say that's like relatively rare. Most of the time that doesn't happen. Okay, what questions do you have? So definitely when I met her, this friend, that's exactly what happened. Like, I've got to be her friend. Yeah. (laughs) But I was telling you, like, she definitely like brought out a lot of good in me. She kind of was like, step out of your comfort zone or like, love yourself, like my value, my worth, like seeing all that stuff in me. And she was really good at in a very loving way being like, oh, you are actually this. You are capable of doing this. So when I went back and today I was journaling and like, what in the actual fuck is going on? Like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to be her friend? Like, I didn't really know. But I'm like, there was a lot of good 
but also she's definitely like my mom. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably why then when she like asked how I'm doing about my mom in this season, that's like what triggered because it was brought up that too. But she just kind of like represents that. Yes. The sense that I was getting, like the intuitive sense I was getting is that what you were actually grieving today was your mom and not her. But yes, the fact that she was, you guys hadn't spoken in a while, and then she circled back in, it triggered a sense of loss. Like, it reminded you why I lost this person, but because she holds a similar frequency to your mom, it actually reminded you more of the loss of your mom. So the grief, I mean, the the emptying out and the crying and everything is is wonderful. I really feel like this actually, like, happened for a reason to help you release another layer of grief. Yeah. But I think that it was more so that. And and it's not to say that trauma bonding relationships that are codependent sometimes, like there can be some good to them. It's not like they're all bad. It's just that like some keys, key signatures of them is a lot of times um, there is some codependency. So it's like this like kind of enmeshed energy. I want to do everything with this person. I want to tell this person everything. It's like this like uh, energy. <laughs> um and then also because the frequency is so strong it can be hard to kind of elevate past it because it it holds you to an old frequency that is related to trauma and that will change if the other person is growing too and learning boundaries and you know you can tease it apart and but like i said that's very rare i think I mean, that is kind of like why she went apart was because of like boundaries and she's doing growth work. But I think she has like so much to do that I'm like, oh, probably no. Well, I would say, you know, I would say follow your intuition here. Yeah. You know, and maybe if she, if she was the one that created the boundaries in the first place, maybe you've done some work now and maybe you guys could, I don't know, maybe it would be less. But if, if, if you're around her and you still feel that that energy, that pull. Yeah then I would just, I mean, whenever I feel that ever, which I rarely feel it anymore because I f I'm so boundaried, but if I'm, f if I am feeling it, I really boundary up. I really take a step back and I'm like, okay, probably not a relationship I want to enter into if I'm feeling this, like, like this, like, uh, buzzy, grabby energy. Yeah. It definitely felt different, but I'm like, Ugh. I'll need to revisit that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I would also say do a reprogramming round, do a manifestation reprogramming and see what your manifested self is doing. Like, is my manifested self friends with her? Maybe my manifested self is friends with her in a different way where like we're just seeing each other for coffee once a month. Like just, just do a reprogramming on it. And also you should do a reprogramming on it anyways to help you complete whatever has come up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Who here feels like they have experienced trauma bonding with someone? Yeah. It's not just me. I just didn't know what it was until now. <laughs> yeah, it really helps, though, to have like a, a name to name it like, oh, that's trauma bonding. Yeah. When you were like text, oh, we'll talk about trauma bonding. I was like, yes. I'm like, I don't know what that is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. OK. So can I ask like a part two question? Yeah. Go ahead. I was doing like really good, feeling like really like you know, like there's shit storm going on all around. And I was like, with my therapist, I'm like, I'm actually doing good. Is it okay that I'm happy? And she's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, this is just a weird feeling. Normally I'm like anxiety panic, but 
then is it normal to be like that? Then like all of these weird out of left field things kind of come and try to like get you. They're they're not coming to try and get you. Um, <laughs> so that could be a couple different things, which I think ultimately maybe all of these things are the same thing. But one, like for instance, for me this last week, we had a lot of things go wrong, right? Like all my furniture is destroyed. All like just a lot happen. And, you know, I've had a lot of health issues this year. There's been a lot of stuff that has happened. But every time something like that happens, to me, the way that I look at it is like, it's a challenge of how can I still find my joy in this moment? Mm -hmm. How can I still roll with this, like ride this wave, like literally just surf this wave and have joy? Because external circumstances do not need to rob me of my joy. That is a lie, mm -hmm. right? I can maintain joy no matter what. And, you know, up until like June, I was relatively healthy. I was feeling joy every day. I mean, I was feeling just like an absurd amount of joy. I was just like exploding with joy all the time. And then all of a sudden, like things just started happening. And I really think that's because I had found a really stable, huge capacity to hold joy. And it was time for me to grow it, to find more joy. And the way to sometimes do that is to like shit hits the fan and then I get the opportunity to see, okay, how can I expand and hold more joy even like when this is happening and when this is happening and when this is happening. So that's one thing Two, I think sometimes, and I, again, like these are all essentially the same thing, but two, sometimes like we can subconsciously manifest chaos because we've hit an upper limit. And we've talked about this with you a lot of how is that potentially happening? And even with myself this week, I can reflect right now and just be like, well, where's my focus been? My focus has been on like a lot of the things going wrong versus there's actually been a fuckload of things going right too. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that's like, okay, why am I focused on the things that are going wrong? And, you know, for me, the way that I've been refinding my center and my joy this week is doing reprogramming. So like I did reprogramming twice yesterday and just to like, Release. Okay, this is coming up to come out, releasing it. So whether you're subconsciously creating it, or it's the universe giving it to you, you do the same thing either way, which is you, I mean, I would say like use a manifestation reprogramming, you use your tools to re anchor into your joy, and look at it with the perspective of it's an opportunity for me to see like, can I have joy even in this? Makes sense. Okay. I would look at it as like you're at level two, like you mastered level one, which is like when things are relatively chill, I can maintain my joy. Now you're on level two, which is like, okay, some chaos is happening. How do I still find joy? I have a sense with you that you're going to level up fast and it may feel like more and more chaos is occurring, but it's, I, I have, I just have a sense, especially after we were texting earlier, I have a sense that this lesson of knowing how to hold and maintain your joy is one that you need to learn quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think that as long as you keep like, you have sessions with me, you have sessions with your therapist, you keep refocusing, you keep accepting the joy, then you're going to have like a week or so of maintaining it. And then something else is going to come in, but you will look back and be like, whoa, yeah. I know how to have joy in this and this and this and this, and that will be really powerful for you and others that you then help do the same thing. Good. Okay. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Magic of Transformation podcast. If you liked this episode and you think a friend could benefit, be sure to pass it along to them and leave me a five-star review wherever you are listening. And if you feel at all called or curious to take my program, Your Life's Work, be sure to reach out to me as soon as possible as I am currently enrolling for the next group. You can go to thetransformationschool.com and fill out my contact form. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks. Both of these ways are in the show notes below. Can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.